Welcome to Younger Older. I'm Dave Wager, your host here in the studios at Silver Birch Ranch on the campus of the Nicolay Bible Institute. I'm with an old friend, Mike Gallo, who has been coming to Silver Birch Ranch for many years. His son came to the Nicolay Bible Institute, and we're thrilled to have been a part of his life and his journey, and uh, really trying to allow God to use us to help young people, help any people, get to know who God is, and learn to just trust him. You know, I say so often, Mike, and you've heard me, I'm sure, you know, God is older than you and smarter than you and loves you. You can trust him. And that's really how simple my heart goes. It's like, God, I may not understand the, the wars going on and the, and the hatred and the diseases, uh, but, you know, you're older than I am. You're smarter than I am. You love me. I can trust you. I'm going to listen to you and, and go from there. Uh, in fact, we had a, a friend of ours who's a doctor talking to us yesterday, and he said, yeah, you know, it's kind of interesting to him how so many people in our generation get cancer when our parents, their generation, died of heart attacks. You know, so it's like, yeah, we just, we, you know, there's always something out there that people are dreading, and as soon as you figure this one out, then you die from COVID or something. You know, I have no idea. Uh, but ultimately, you, you end up trusting in God. For those that listen to younger, older, and you, you do not know God, you do not trust God, your lives are full of, of depression and anxiety, I'm just going to tell you, you, you don't know God. And if you would spend time to get to know him, you would trust him. So if you're struggling with, with trusting God, the very simple solution is get to know him. Because I don't know one person that knows God that struggles with trusting God. It goes back to knowing God. Now, I'm not saying you don't struggle, but in any situation that I find myself in these days, the anxiousness disappears when I just begin to think about who God is. In fact, when I go and read Philippians, the book of Philippians uh, chapter 4, starting with verse 6, it says this, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And the eighth verse kind of ties it together in a way where it says, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Now, what's, what's cool about that is you know, God is saying, look, if you really know me, then you don't need to be anxious about the future because I got you covered. And not only, not, not only be anxious about me, but when you talk to me about something, you need to talk to me with thanksgiving because I have a plan for this, actually. And the plan isn't bad. And one day you'll see the plan isn't bad. You know, Mike, I, if, for those listening, the, you can go back to our website, silverbirdtrance.org, and you should go back and, and download the first episode that Mike and I talked about uh, as we talked about cancer and Mike's cancer, my wife's cancer a little bit, and and us being believers and having the peace that passes understanding. And I think there's a good foundation there for you to grab, so I invite you to go back and download that. But one of the interesting things for me in, in Philippians 4, 6, it tells me not to be anxious, but to do something. Not to pray, to tell God what I'm thinking, but to do it in this thanksgiving way. Um, I, I had a child come up to me, what well, child, a young person come up to me, 
and look at me when we told him that, you know, Linda had cancer and said, why you? Of all people, why you? And I remember my first and only response to him was, why not? This is something every human goes through. And life is like a, a jigsaw puzzle, which I hate jigsaw puzzles with a passion. I cannot figure out why somebody took a good picture, cut it into a thousand pieces, and asked you to put it back together when it was together to begin with. So what's interesting to me is I really don't like jigsaw puzzles, but, but life is like a jigsaw puzzle where God gives me one piece at a time, that's it, and I don't have the cover. And he keeps giving me these pieces at a time, and I'm saying, huh, I wonder if that is actually going to go fit together one day. I wonder if the jigsaw puzzle will fit. And, and God's going, hey, who's giving you the pieces, silly? Of course they fit. The jigsaw will fit. Honestly, today there are pieces that I'm not sure where they go in. I'm not sure how they fit. I'm not sure how they're going to fit. But I'm convinced of this. The God is older than me, smarter than me, loves me. I can trust him. The piece will fit. And one day, I don't think he'll do this because this isn't in the Bible. But one day I can picture myself standing before God and him flipping a cover around and saying, all right, Dave, here's where they all fit. You kept trying to put them in places they don't fit. And that's the piece that we want the people that we're talking to today to, to enjoy the fact that there's no accidents. And that's why you can come to God, talk about it, not be anxious. You can be thankful because in the end, they're all going to fit, even though it doesn't make any sense right now. Yeah, we were, uh, well, we just came out of the message uh, at Men's Retreat, and Dave's brother Rick was the speaker. Very end of the message, he was talking about Joshua 1 8, how we are to meditate on the Word of God day and night and have our relationship with God. It's not just a 15 minute, okay, I'm going to read the Bible today. Okay, I'm done in the morning, and that'll carry me through the rest of the day. Your relationship with God as a believer is an intentional, should be an intentional relationship where when it says pray without ceasing, it's not that you're literally praying every second of the day, but you're in that mindset to praise God for what, whatever is going on in your life at that time. Uh, it could be something as simple as uh, seeing a butterfly float across a window and praising God for the beautiful creation that sure. he's made. Or it could be something where you get a diagnosis of cancer and immediately you have this sense of joy and peace because you know that God is there carrying you through every step of the way. He's never, he's never not with you. As a believer, God is never apart from you. The Holy Spirit lives within you. God is there available. He wants you to talk as uh, Rick mentioned in his message today, he wants to hear more and more and more of your story. Actually, that was uh, the worship leader. Uh, when you're talking with your kids, you don't want to just hear the same old, how was your day? Fine. It was good. Like always. Same thing. No, you want more. You want details. You want details. God wants that from us. He wants us to be intentional with him to where he, our heart becomes our prayer. That he knows he knows what's going on with us before we know what's going on with right. us. But he wants us to talk with him about it. Yeah. And through that process of interacting with him, whether it be through the word, whether it be prayer, whether it be through a discussion with uh, a bunch of guys around a campfire, 
God becomes real in your life to the point where you know he's there. Right. It's, a, it's not a nebulous concept anymore. You know he is there. And, again, your situation in life may not change. You may have just gotten fired for your job. Uh, someone may have died in your family. You may have gotten a cancer diagnosis. Whatever it may be, the peace that surpasses understanding is there. Really, a real thing in your life and then you know God is real and you go on from there and you don't just take that for yourself and say well I'm, I'm glad I'm a believer with God no you're looking out there to how can I minister to someone yeah. uh, how can I be a blessing to someone whether it's picking up their plate and scraping it off and putting it in the, the dirty dishes so they, they can continue a conversation uh, whether it's just listening to someone Right. You know, getting on a hayward. I, I was joking with Dave before that I come up to camp sometimes to hide. I don't need to talk to a bunch of people. And sometimes I go on a hayward. I'm by myself. I'm the happiest guy in the world. One time we were up here for family uh, for men's retreat, and I was the only one on the hayride until a young guy decided he was going to get on with me. Yeah. Man, that whole hayride, it was his life story. <laughs> it's yeah. like I go halfway through, I'm thinking, all right, God, I'm here. He's here. There's a reason, so we're going to talk. Yeah, you know, and and, and just to be, someone had to do that for me. I right. was the one flapping my lips at some point, and yeah. and in trying to make sense of my life before I had that peace within me to know that no matter what I'm going through, you know, yep. you're there, and it's just, it's it's a different thing, you know, and also coming up to camp. In the years go by, sometimes I would think, oh, I just need to get away. Right. I just let me go to camp and everything will be okay. Camp's not the answer. No. It's God that's the answer. Yeah. So you come and you don't worship the lake. You don't worship right. the trees. You don't worship camp in itself. You don't put staff on a pedestal. Mm-hmm. You meet God. Yeah. And you come prepared to be used by God. This weekend is not my weekend. Where where God leads me, He leads me. Yeah. Well, I was yeah. talking. I, I've talked to so many kids about this because a, a college kid will come up, serve the summer or high school kid, and they'll say, "Man, I don't know when I'm here. I'm close to God. And I go home and it goes away." And I think, okay, let's talk about that for a second. What's different? Well, you don't have many distractions up here, right? Your phone doesn't connect up here, right? You you go on and on. You spend more time in the Bible. You spend more time with fellow believers in the Bible, you serve together with other people, which is the way you're meant to be. You're, you're, you're seeing models of people who love God. And then you're wondering why you feel closer to God. Because the environment you set up is an important environment for you to hear from the voice of God. Now, the Bible, oftentimes, we're told about how critical it is for us to compare our lives to like that of a farmer. You know, there's seeds... What do they do? They work on the environment. It's not legalistic for you to work on your environment so you can hear God. You know, in my house, there's a place I get up in the morning, 5 o'clock every morning, and I spend time in this room year-round, summer, winter, doesn't matter, and I spend time in this room opening the Bible, thinking, reading, doing all kinds of things in that room. That's my private little sanctuary, if you want to call it that. But that's intentional. You want to set up environments around your life to do that. 
And when you come up to camp, when others come up to camp, there's this environment that's set up where they are, it's, they're out of their norm. And if you, you go out of what you're normally used to, you change your place, you change your pace, you really do challenge your perspective. And I think uh, people should be very intentional about, about doing that. Now, you, you've talked about cancer as well in your life. You're suffering with cancer. It, can I use the word suffering, or is that not a good word to use? Uh, I wouldn't say suffering. See, I wouldn't either. I said it and immediately. I thought, wait a minute, yeah. I, don't, I don't see that. But th- that would be a normal word, I guess, to use. Uh, from a perspective where there's no other hope, I would say that would be the word you would use from a perspective of knowing that if I was to leave this earth today, I'm going to eternity with Christ, with God forever, with a new body that's no longer 65 years old and with cranky knees and and all these other things to a perfect heaven. A lot of people, you hear people refer to camp as being oh this is this place is perfect and stuff yeah it's still got mosquitoes it's still got dirt it it's still got yeah. sand you gotta clean up at we the had end. a derecho once you <laughs> to wipe it all out so. so it's like no my log cabin which i dream of is going to be in heaven there's going to be no cracks in the wall there's going to be no maintenance uh, uh it's going to be perfection up there so if, when i leave this earth it's just my physical body that's going I'll be alive in heaven forever. Right. And I will be waiting to welcome my family if I go first. And like Dave was mentioned maybe in part one is we don't want to be the one that leaves our spouse behind, right. our kids behind. But I'm sure they don't want to be the ones that see us go as well. Right. Uh, but we will be together forever and eternity. And I often joke with my wife who would love to live in the warm weather and I'd love to come up here up north and, and hunker down up in uh, the north woods. Uh, okay, well, we're up in heaven. You take your boat and come yeah. on over to my log cabin and yeah. or, or hitch your horse to my pole there and we'll spend a thousand years. just. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's like, and that'll be like the blink of an eye. Yeah. You know, so we cannot conceptualize what it's going to be like. But I'll tell you what, uh, anyone listening here, if you are fighting with yourself about uh, giving in to yourself and not accepting Christ because you think that's going to negatively impact your life and put you in a box of unhappiness, uh, think again. Think again, please, because eternity is eternity one way or the other, and I can guarantee you that the more you know Christ, the more you become less of yourself your agendas are less about what's going to make you happy, uh, what's going to make you more comfortable, what's going to make you more money, and become more of looking out for others' interests, you will notice a freedom there you've never seen before in your life. Uh, that comes with accepting Christ as your Savior, recognizing that, hey, uh, I'm not perfect. I'm, sin- I'm a sinful person, and God is perfect. And God is in heaven, and God cannot allow sin into heaven. So we need an intermediary, and that intermediator needs to be perfect. And the only perfection uh, is found in the Bible is Christ. And he willingly came to die for our sins, to pay for our sins, so that we have that ladder, which is Christ, to live eternally with Christ as a, and, and God in heaven, as opposed to living eternally separated from God and think of the darkest place you've ever been in and for me it was actually at a camp 
where everybody left and all the lights went out and it's the middle of the winter and there's not a light on in the camp and I couldn't see one inch in front of me. Mm-hmm. Now think of that for eternity. Yeah. Darkness, eternity, and that's how you want to spend your life. Yeah. Uh, think again, please, think again. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it's interesting because as you talk about the hope that you have, it always goes back to God and Christ. It isn't in medicine. Right. Now, th- let me ask you about that medicine a little bit. The, the doctors, you've met with doctors, you've talked with doctors. They, they have plans for you eventually. Uh, they may not have them right now for you, but they will have plans for you. How does that all fit in? Do you, you're a believer, you, you trust in God, you, you have faith, you have you're the peace that passes understanding. How does medicine fit into all this? I mean, do you, do you ref, refuse medicine? Do you take medicine? Do you, how, how does it fit in? How, you, how do you think through it? For me, as a believer in knowing that God created all things, well, he created people. He created people with different personalities. We were sitting talking to a doctor yesterday. Right. Knows ins and outs of medicine and stuff like that. God gave him that ability, and he knows things we don't know. So if that's something that can be helpful physically, I would listen to it. Would I put my hope in it? No. Right. My hope is in God, but God also gives us tools to work with. Camp, you refer to in years, is a tool. It is, yeah. It's not the answer. You're not going to take a busload of unsaved people, throw them in the woods, and say, come on out, you'll be saved. Right. No, it's not the answer. Uh, the answer is in Christ, and we have to all make that decision. He gives us different tools to work with. Use those tools. Medicine could be one. Right. Uh, I will respectfully next Friday listen to everything the oncologist has to say about different treatments. Uh, I will compare those treatments to probably a second opinion. Sure. And their their list of treatments. And then I'll make a decision. Just like I did the first time and I made a decision out of three ways, either cutting the whole prostate out, doing proton therapy, or doing the seeds. Well, proton therapy was canceled. That was my first choice. I wasn't going to get cut. A whole lot of problems could come with that. Let's do the seeds, and we'll take it from there. Right. Uh, There's risks in everything, but there's risks in me walking out this door right now and not getting run over by a a loose horse. Right. So it doesn't matter. You 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 pray going into it. You pray through it. You ask for God's wisdom. It will be there. And you make the best decision after that. So God might use the medicine, but we don't trust the medicine. Exactly. You know, that's the same principle that's everywhere in life. You know, Mike, uh, uh, you and I were talking a little bit about retirement. We're talking about, you know, retirement income and and all the money that everyone's lost anyway. So it's one of those funny things in life in a a not funny way, but funny, but not funny. And anyone that's old enough knows what I just said. It's it's funny, but not funny. However, we never trusted in money in the first place. I have never been honestly more at peace in my life than I am right now because of the fact that I know that God is in charge and and I can trust him. And I don't know where the world's going. I don't know if, you know, those guys that are fighting wars are going to start nuking each other. I have no idea what the economy of the world is going to do, what the economy of the United States is. No idea, but I've never been more at peace about things because... Really, my hope has never been in our government. My hope isn't in our money. My hope isn't in world peace. My hope is really in God. And no matter what happens in this world, it isn't going to change God's agenda or power. And so I'm not concerned about that. 
Now, when I, when we talked about medicine, the same thing happened with my wife and I as we were talking about chemo, radiation, all the different stuff that's available for cancer, and where do you land? Likewise, with my sleep disorder that I've had for years, you know, there's all these different treatments. Now, the treatments might be fine, but the treatments don't necessarily cause the cure. That comes from God. Right. Now, he may use them, just like he uses rain to feed, you know, put water in the soil so we could eat cabbage. You know, I mean, he used the rain, but God can grow cabbage without the rain if he wanted to. He just chooses not to. God could heal you right now. You could go back to the doctor this week and him take a look and go, wait a minute, everything's different because God decided to do it. You know, the time the storm came up and, and he went out and he was sleeping and the disciples came to him, woke him up and said, Jesus, we're all going to die in his, his famous line. Why are you afraid? Right. Why? There's a storm. Yeah, well, I, watch. And he speaks to the storm and it stops. Yeah, and... I want something you to bring out something here, and this has been brought out at least a few times that I've heard the story. Uh, knowing how God is in control of all things and how God knows what we need when we need it, and we may not see a way to provide for what we think we need, but there was a time where a new building was going to be built here, yeah, correct? Correct. And had no idea where the funds were going to come from right. or if they were going to come there, from. There's more than one time. Right. And you were sitting in these very, probably this very room, speaking with another person, and Linda knocked on the door. Yeah. And take yeah, us through well, that Well, actually, I was in my office because we didn't have this room yet. But I was doing radio. I was doing uh, some podcasts. And, and she came in, and the story is very long. But we were actually waiting for a gift from an individual to help us have a down payment for the new property called The Refuge. And that was a miracle in itself and a whole nother story. But as she walked in, she put a check in front of me and said, look at this. And that was unusual because we were doing radio. Normally she didn't you know, come in during that time. And she does the receding here at camp. And I looked at it and I said, oh, good. They sent the down payment for this new ministry that we were going to be a part of. And she told me to look at it again. And it was actually a gift for $250,000. And it was anonymous. And I looked at that and I go, oh, they paid for this whole new ministry. And she said, no, look at it again. And I looked at it again and it was a gift for the chapel to be redone. And I thought, we don't have plans for the chapel to be redone yet. I guess we do now. I guess we're going to get started on that. And that started a long journey. And now yeah. the, the, the meetings you're talking about are held in that chapel that are done exactly. and complete. And, and the fun part is it's, it shows, again, God's provision. We have about 70 buildings on our grounds. And every single one of them has a story like that. Every single one of them has been provided for by God. When I walk around the grounds like this, I have a worship experience just looking at the buildings and grounds mm -hmm. that, that, because I can see the hand of God in his provision. When I talk to you, Mike, you're not dead right now. I see God's provision. You're here. You're alive. We're, we're talking today on Younger Older Program. When I see my wife right now, I know that God's preserved her life. It, to this point, it's God who has done that. Eventually, I think if you get old enough and you pay attention to what's going on, everything you see, you begin to see the hand of God. The hand of God. And, and that's, so you walk around this life praising God for the blessings that come, the things that you see, that understand. Now, when you're walking around thinking about how big 
you know, that you're a big shot. Look what I did. Look what I did. Look what I did. You miss all this worship time with God. Right. He actually uses weakness. He doesn't use strength. And and I know that because he's done that. I have a story, uh, and this goes in again to not trusting in yourself, not living your life for things because you're never going to be at peace without God. Uh, my brother lived up north in a, an area like right off of Lake Michigan. And we took a walk one time and we're looking around and I'm, I'm big on the water uh, as far as like living by water or having a place where you can just get away. And we took a walk around the bend and there was this upstairs balcony looking over the lake. And I said, wow, Neil, this would be great to live in a place. I think my, my wife would never see me. I'd just be, I'd be on that porch day and night just looking out at the water. He goes, yeah, that guy that lived in there hung himself from his rafter a couple weeks ago. Wow. And I'm looking, and it's it just plain as day. You could have all the money in the world, all the possessions in the world, and something obviously was so missing in this guy's life that he decided to end it. Yeah. That's no hope. Conversely, you could be living with cancer, knowing that God is your Savior, and knowing where your final resting place is going to be. And you're not going to be resting as in the grave, knowing where your eternity is going to be. And you could be poor as dirt and richer than the guy that had all that money. That's right. And that's that's never left me, and that principle is guiding my life now. It's like I don't live for money. I don't live for possessions. You live for the Lord, and you you just stay interactive with him, open your heart to him. He knows your heart. Uh, follow him. That's, I'm, I'm just yeah. giving this out to anybody that cares to listen, that has eyes to see and ears to hear. It is the single most important decision you can make in your life is accepting Christ as your Savior. You know, hope does not come from money, doesn't come from status or power. And you'll, we all learn that one day. One, one day you will find out that everything that you own will not deliver in the hope area. The only one that can give you hope is, is God. And if you've ignored God or you've made up who God is or you... You're, you're trying to figure out life without God, and you're trying to have hope, I promise you you'll be disappointed. That's where you slide into depression, anxiety, uh, where, where you are looking forward and saying, boy, I, it's all black. It's all hopeless as I look forward. It is without God. We were not created to live apart from God. We were created to live with God, in communion with him, enjoying him moment by moment. And the big tragedy of sin is that it separates us from God. And that's why Jesus came to this earth, that while we were sinners, he came, died, so that we could be those who have the payment for sin made because the only acceptable payment for sin is Jesus. Not us, not our goodness, not our righteousness, but Jesus who died for us. And because Mike, myself, my wife, his wife, we have our hope in Christ. We have hope. And if you're listening and you have no hope, well, then you don't know God, and your hope is in the wrong thing in the first place because it will disappoint you if it's in anything other than God. Well, I'm thankful that you took time to listen to Younger Older today. We are a 
podcast, radio broadcast from silverbirchranch.org, the studios that they have there on the campus of the Nicolay Bible Institute. Goodbye for now.